Are you looking to level up your author business? Are you pounding your head against a wall, wondering what your next step should be? Then join me, Daniel Wilcox. And me, Sasha Black, as we haul ass each week in a bid to level up. Level up. Come along for the ride as we delve deep into the business of writing, craft, entrepreneurship, and every level of the author journey. This is the Next Level Author Podcast. Wait, what episode I number are we? I was literally on just about to say, what episode is it? <laughs> no, I'm just excited for that. I just don't know. I just never know what episode it is. Hello, Achievers. <laughs> And welcome to episode number 58 of the Next Level Authors Podcast That's Staying In, a podcast where we hold each other to account and track our step-by-step progress as we level up our author businesses. <laughs> My name is Daniel Wilcox, and here with me every week is... Queen Black. Queen Black. And why are you a queen, Miss Black? Because I have my throne, darling. Tell so us for... about your throne. Yeah, okay. So for audio listeners, um, I for my birthday, my rather lovely daddy-o, uh decided to buy me a throne for my office and so i have like this gorgeous chesterfield chair which is fucking enormous uh and it got delivered this week and i squealed when it arrived and i have not stopped squealing um and it is so big and so heavy that i can't actually move it in and out unless i'm like behind the chair so getting in and out of my desk is a real situation at the moment Gymnastic. Yeah, and so I'm going to have to buy, my mum's dropping some sliders sliders off, but if that doesn't work, I'm going to have to buy some wheels and then get like a mat under the de- under the chair so it doesn't wreck the carpet. You need to get like a track that has one of those like long levers, so you literally like push, and then you can like crank it back. That'd be amazing. Well, we also need to talk about the fact that I have a new background. You do have a new background, a new glorious background. So if I people do. are listening on the podcast, highly recommend just having a quick look on YouTube, even if that's not your preferred platform of choice, but... Yeah, tell us about that as well, because that's phenomenal. Okay, so this leads into how am I this week? Um, <laughs> so last week, last Friday, I uh, we recorded and then I went off and collected the wood for this project to do a wall-to-wall, floor-to-ceiling bookcase, which I have now um, done. And so for, I'm just going to like manhandle the camera for a second for podcast listeners. So it does go all the way up to the ceiling. Um, And so essentially I primed and painted the the podcast. I primed and painted the bookcase um you regret moving the camera now don't you i really regret moving (laughs) the camera (laughs) yeah so i primed and painted the word uh chloe helped me one morning i think it was the sunday morning she got up at like 6 30 or something ridiculous and was in the garden painting she was such a trooper um and then we spent the rest of the weekend and the bank holiday monday um putting it up and erecting it and it's like fastened to the wall and it's super sturdy and stuff and um yeah it's done now the interesting thing is me and chloe had like one disagreement she thinks i should display all my books right so this is this looks like a lot of books but this is not all my books Mm -hmm. if i were to display all of my books then the whole bookcase would be full and so i'd have no room for like my skulls or like the lovely pictures that people have done for me um 
But also I get like a cheaper pennies by putting the red books behind the bookcase. Like I'm sure there are some red books on the, on the shelf that you can see, but for the vast majority of the books now, I like to like put them behind. Um, anyway, this is like all tangential and just suffice to say that um, I am very definitely feeling like I am in my thirties because if I were in my twenties, I would have recovered. <laughs> from the absolute monster of a workout building painting mm. and building these shelves created but it took me until quite literally this morning before i felt human uh so <clears throat> i have been fucked for most of the week i literally like i had it was like i had brain fog because mm. i just there was the lights were on and no one was home and it was just from a from the physical exertion, which means I must be really unfit. <laughs> so the question is, was it worth it? Mm-hmm. That's all that matters. Yeah, And you 100%. also did a, um, a sort of progress video on your Instagram as well. I did, a reel. Yeah, which has been seen like 2,600 times. I was like, what? How does that, but reels are like super popular or something right now. But um, yeah, so I did like a mini reel photo video of like the progress of it being made. And I absolutely love it. And I can't wait until I have like a free moment, ha ha, and uh, um, the energy and just so that I can put it in slightly different of a color order. But yeah. Mm. Yeah, I am pretty jealous. That is uh, <coughs> one thing that I'm looking forward to when I get my new place is just working out how to display it all because it sucks at the minute because I've got, a an array of books out but i also have like four boxes of books and i miss just having those out because sometimes you just like i just want to quickly look at this one and it's not there so yeah i'm looking forward to that um, there is there is something magical about walking into this room and just seeing a wall of books it's a workshop like, yeah but like i don't know if you get this but when you go into a bookstore do you get like energy pennies just from being inside the bookstore like even if you don't buy anything but I like I get surrounded it's like being surrounded by the color and the visuals like looking at the book covers and just absorbing like what's in genre what's on trend what's selling like and okay this is not a bookstore but it's a fucking <laughs> lot of books <laughs> I've got on display so yeah like I kind of get the same sort of energy pennies and the other lovely thing that has happened is um it's opened up my office so I didn't realize how closed down I was making my office by having the table where it was but um the room now you walk in and it's just acres of space and mm -hmm. so the room feels three times as big which is ridiculous because I've painted a dark bookcase that takes up an entire wall and yet still the office feels bigger which is weird yeah. but anyway yay I'm gonna stop uh tangentially <laughs> ranting about my lovely bookcase I apologize everyone that you just had to experience that but I, I think it's fine I think it's awesome I definitely think people should check that out um so my week has been I, know, I always struggle with this bit and I don't know why I think it's like it's partly the point of this podcast is to give us that time to go like how was the week because you know this is like the bookmark for our weeks um like I've made progress I've done some ghostwriting I've been doing lots of things on self-publishing blueprint behind the scenes um I'm currently working on amazing actual... things can I oh, just mate, add? yeah don't even amazing oh, yeah that, that that'll come up in um, things I've enjoyed uh but yeah so you know, I'm, I've been doing a lot of waiting for Ingram to populate the paperback and hardback. And I'm currently working with Amazon to try and get all the sales pages together. So it's all on that one page because this always happens to me. Nine times out of 10, the ebook will go live on like so people can, you know, uh, search on Amazon for the ebook or just the general name. And the ebook will pop up as one thing. And then the paperback and the hardback will come up as another. And you want those pages obviously to come together. So it's easier for people to, to buy the book. Um, 
I'm just waiting for that in a minute and then I'm going to sort of start hardcore promoting and, and putting things out there. Um, and then what else have I been working on? I've been working with Julie Heiner on our The Omens Call anthology and going through all of the, the sort of finalist submissions for that. Had a really good chat yesterday where we went through and picked. So far we've got we've got confirmed nine stories for the anthology and we've got room for two more. And we've got four stories that we're currently reviewing just as a final like, you know, which ones are going to sit well in the anthology because it really isn't an, an art putting an anthology together because you you have to consider that first story is going to be the one that everyone reads so that has to be the one that sets the tone of what the anthology is it has to be one that's written well enough that it pulls people into the rest of the anthology but it's that balance of like do you want that to be the best story or do you want the best story to be four stories in after like there's like a little bit of a dip in terms of um sort of you get what I mean? There's, there's rise and falls in terms of like how the anthology works because not every story is sort of um, born equal. And so we're kind of looking at that and just reviewing bits and pieces. And it's been a really, really fun process working with Julie on that because she's really enthusiastic and she's got such a good eye for, for detail and theme. Um, and then I, one, one really exciting thing this week that wasn't exciting at the time is I cleared my board of stuff. So I had about nine projects on there, at least, at least nine, probably 10. And they were just sat there and they were there so that I wouldn't forget them. Like most of them I'd like started doing things on and sort of following our conversation last week where it was like, okay, what am I going to drill down on and focus on? And what's my sort of next step? Oh, he ran out of Starbucks. You know, oh, baby. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Go out and get another one. We'll wait. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I've now, I've now pulled that down to like three. How, which... how have you got rid of things or have you? So there's still things, things. I want to do. Um, but a lot of them were like future things that I was laying the seeds for. And I've literally just stopped the things that I'm laying the seeds for and gone like, no, no, write it down, put it in a box somewhere. Because by the time I actually get to fully investing my energy into them, it might even be a case of other things have changed and that might not be where I'm heading. Um, oh, and that's some other thing. I've done a lot of reading this week because I've been reading through your side characters book as well, which I'll leave it there. And I won't say anymore because I know that's a, a, bit, a bit of a, a touchy subject. Wow. <laughs> you can't god that's you know so what I've mean been doing. do you think i have to do you, yeah i know but it's so mean to like bring it up and then not be no. like it's like is it a car crash or am i like all no. right it's not a car of course crash it's, not. it's a sasha black book yeah no, but listen so I'll, I'll let you finish your thing and then just remind me to say this thing because i just talked about it on my podcast and it was like a really brutal confession but yeah go. okay well my, yeah so my thing just just rounding that down was yeah i've been reading through that as well um and like there are a couple of like tiny bits here and there but oh like, yeah anything... but that's it was yeah, like yeah. first draft um, but no in general like it's it's a cracking book and it's got a lot of terms and things that i'd never heard of in my life that are very very useful <laughs> i said it to you before you mentioned a couple of things with side characters months ago um about a couple of like little concepts and things and that genuinely um affected how i had written one of the books that i was working on for a client um so there's really useful stuff in there and then i'm looking forward to seeing what the rest of it has to bring but yeah that's been my week it's been it's been a long, very, very sort of um, nose to the grindstone week, but I've done a lot of stuff for me, which I very much enjoyed. So, <laughs> that a thing that you made, that came up. I, you know how a couple of weeks ago I was like, I'm lost. I'm still lost. And um, one of the reasons is, you know how I talked about how there was a comment that really knocked my confidence with fiction? Mm-hmm. So I think that was the start of a spiral 
uh, of me completely losing all my confidence with fiction. And since then, I have realized that I haven't shared, like I used to share like draft things. I used to share like bits of flash fiction that I'd written. I used to share all kinds of stuff and I haven't shared anything in like two and a half years of my fiction. And I don't, you know how like when you realize something, usually that takes the power away from the thing that's damaging you or whatever. And it hasn't, even though I acknowledged and I knew that it was a problem. Um, yeah, like I really have realized that, um, like my fiction confidence is shattered and that I think is the primary reason why I haven't just pushed through and got the book done because I could have got the book done by now, like for sure I could have got it done. Um, and yeah, so like that, that is a real issue and I don't really know how to work through it. Uh, but there was something else that came out of it. Uh, can't remember. Never mind. But yeah, basically, that was one of my realizations this week: is that I, I, my, I have a problem. Like I, I, I don't know how I'm to, I don't know how to publish fiction anymore. Okay. Even though, like, well, that changes this week's question. No, it doesn't. no, <laughs> no. Like, even though, so, like, I've got two and a bit books that you know the bit book being the scent of death which i am working through and is definitely going to be published probably next year now um but yeah i don't know like it's a real problem i feel damaged and the only reason i realized this is because and they're going to remain nameless but somebody posted on instagram that they were reading keepers which is the first book and I nearly puked in the back of my mouth because I've got such psychological issues over like thinking that it's shit, which I didn't used to think, mm -hmm. but I started thinking it after a particular comment. And um, I was really quite worried about this person reading it. And then, and then I saw another post the next day where they were reading Victor which is book two and basically the comment was something along the lines of like couldn't put the first book down had to find out what happened and I was like oh yeah I did actually used to get comments like that but because I like stopped doing any promotion of fiction because I'd lost all confidence and like belief in it I forgot that sometimes I can find an audience that does think that about my fiction and um yeah that just it was a bit of a light lightning no bit of a light bulb moment mm. of realizing that I, ha I have to do some work I have to do some self-work on this because it is a problem now because mm. I haven't stopped writing fiction I've just stopped publishing it yeah I think one of the big things that we've spoken about is that because when did you publish that first book it was a few years ago yeah 2017 is can you, can you hear Chloe because um if so I'm gonna shut my door and you're gonna have to talk a bit okay cool that's fine um <laughs> But yeah, I think one of the one of the big things that um, we've spoken about is that over. Let me try and actually get words out. So if there's like quite a few years gap between publishing fiction, there's a big gap in growth as an author. So mm. um, I'm in a kind of similar situation with a lot of my horror stuff was published in 2015, 2016, like my proper horror stuff, and I'm only now just sort of getting back into that realm. And when winter comes, I'm desperate to have published because I feel like that's much more reflective of where I am as an author 
Yeah, and, but this is my works. problem. This is my problem because Trey is not reflective of me as an author now. Trey is well, still yeah, because it's part of the series that you because it's part of the series style. Right, exactly. And this is the problem. And this is why I'm like, I just don't want to publish it. I don't. I actually don't want to publish it, and that is my problem. I don't want to publish it because one, I've lost confidence in that series, and two, I've lost confidence in myself, and three, it's not reflective of who I am now. And and that is a that is a problem. But right. anyway, I'm going to publish it because it's done, and I refuse to waste an asset because I hate waste more than I hate anything else. Well, apart from maybe being patronised. But anyway. Um, yeah, so <laughs> basically I have um, some issues that I need to deal with, like real confidence issues. Like I am, I am really, and I don't, and, and I don't, this isn't just, uh, you know, oh, I'm nervous about publishing because, you know, I still get like that and I publish stuff. This is, I, I, I am damaged i have damaged myself somehow and i need to undamage myself anyway that's it yeah mm. thank you for sharing that yeah it's hard it's, uh, it's really yeah. hard to it's share a bit that. to admit it but yeah, yeah it like is. you say admitting it is it'll be helpful for people out there who are in a similar situation but at the same time helpful for you because it is facing that problem head on yeah okay um What's one thing that you've enjoyed this week? Oh my God. I have enjoyed so many things this week. It's actually hard to just pick like one or two. Nice. But um, okay. So the first one was a recommendation from Scott. And Scott told me to go onto uh, the BBC iPlayer and watch a TV show called Motherland. That's one word, Motherland. They are about 30 minute episodes. And I swear to God, it is the funniest shit I have seen in so long. It is basically a um, uh, like reality check for all mothers. Like anyone who's a mom, anyone who's like, I suppose a parent, anyone who isn't a parent, like it's so like, it's tragically true. And that's why it's funny, I think. And it was it was just like all the disaster shit that parents and mums have to deal with. And uh, yeah, it was brilliant. So funny. Um, the second one was a film. I haven't quite got to the end yet, but um, it's called Moxie. So M-O-X-I-E. And it's on Netflix. And it's like teenage, uh, teenage, contemporary set in high school but it's about um sexism and it is about um a girl like discovering that her mum was a bit of a rebel and protested in back in the 80s and then she takes on like her mum's persona and becomes like this rebel and there's like blatant sexism racism in the school and they're like trying to they're just trying to yeah anyway, anyway and it's just a, and there's a romance in there which is super cute and like this feminist young lad and I was just like I loved the love and so that was awesome and then the last thing I want to sh um, share because I do really want to share this one as well I read a book by Joya Goffney um and she's going to come on my podcast I'm interviewing her this Sunday and the book nice. this is only the um arc copy the publisher uh, uh sent so this is not, for people who are watching, this is not the final cover, but um, that's her name anyway, Joya Goffney. And the book is called, Excuse Me While I Ugly Cry. And mm -hmm. the book is about racism. It's about race. It's about identity. It's about um, 
facing your fears. It's about belonging. Um, and every white person needs to read this book. Every person who, I think every person of color who reads this will feel seen. I think every person who is in some kind of, um, like uh, what I'm trying to think of the right, the most appropriate word. So like if you're gay or you're trans or you're, you know, any diverse sector of society, I think you will relate to like elements of the story because it was fantastic. And yeah, I just think everybody, regardless of like race or sexuality or gender or, or you know, mental health status should read it because it was so raw and true to people's experiences of their identity and what identity means that, yeah, it was fantastic. So yeah, recommend that. There you go. As you were talking, I've now got three things. I had one thing, I've now got three things. Um, <laughs> And we're going to hit them very, very, or two of them very, very quickly. Number one, um, had a lot of fun on Tuesday evening with my writing group. Um, and we did like a Star Wars themed social because it was May the 4th. I saw and, the picture. It was so funny. Yeah. Yeah. Some people went all out with like makeup and we had backgrounds and we did Star Wars themed games. It was just a lot of fun. Um, and yeah, that was just, that was just uh, really, really fun. And the number two was on friday last week a, an old friend of mine that i've not spoken to in probably about seven or eight years has started his own photography business and he reached out basically saying that do i want to get any shots done and we had a chat and i was like well yeah i'm happy to sort of be one of one of your first guys and he came here we did some shots outside we did some sort of studio style shots which are going to get off my website and things soon and they just come back fantastic um he even made you actually look attractive in some of them i know like how the <laughs> hell did you i don't know <laughs> also made me even very like i know i've got a ginger beard but like very ginger um but, but like i'm really happy about they came out because uh as people who are listening last week know i'm going i'm like looking a lot more at like how i grow that author services side and things and the last photo shoot i had which was i think like october maybe last year was focused very much on me as a horror author so it's nice to have this stack of shots that are more friendly and more sort of for that purpose of you know who i am um so that was fun and if people want to check him out he's at lastman photography and it's lastman i asked this because it's not last man it's lastman which is a reference to an art thing that i've already forgotten um so lastman photography and then the third thing is that um finally finally finished all migration of my websites from squarespace to wordpress i'm using elementor as the web builder and oh my god it just the the things that it can do like it is a paid service obviously but the things it can do i'm just so excited to like revamp things put things together and actually just make things look professional because I'm, I'm a very visually led person and i really enjoy those elements of design so i'm having a lot of fun playing around with it and setting things up so that i can kind of like refresh the website and, and take tailor it towards where i want um it to go and yeah that's been a lot of fun and i have to say it is looking slick darling it's i dope. am very impressed you are impressive this week no no <laughs> <laughs> uh the weekly confessional so uh, uh -oh. <laughs> Daniel contact rejected authors for the anthology in Aradama finalists. I've contacted, oh, what was it? It was like 180 authors and said, sorry, like your story is not in the anthology. Um, and got quite a few nice responses back from people. And then also, as I said, me and Julie spoke on Thursday and we've narrowed down nine at least. And we're just working on those last few so we can update people and start editing. 
Sasha will get in the sound booth <laughs> and record as much of villains as possible. Sasha, how did you get on? <laughs> he says, knowing the answer and feeling really evil. So, I did get in the audio booth and I recorded one of um, the longest chapters that uh, is in the book. It was over 20 pages. I recorded the whole thing. And when I stepped out of the booth to click save, my computer froze. And I was like, I am not losing the challenge this week because I have done the work. Uh, so I took a video recording of myself in the garage <laughs> on the um, workstation of my laptop my having broke. frozen and I lost the whole thing. And I'm I, I'm not going to lie. I definitely threw a bit of a tantrum. <laughs> I mean, understandably. Yeah. I mean, I was in there for so long and I like tidied the garage and everything so that like I could get access. And like I even hoovered in there, you know, so that it was like clean and, you know, I wasn't tracking shit into the audio booth anyway. So it's gone. So I am no further forward than I was last week, but I did do the work. So <sighs> is what it is. I'll have to try again this week. Yeah. yeah. Level up? No, I'm just letting that one hang. Oh, just... <laughs> yeah, level up. Okay, so Ida says, uh, on Sunday I finished and turned in a short story for a Latinx anthology. Today I got a cover. I still hated editing, uh, but oh my God, I can't believe this is happening. I spent months researching a cover artist. I recently took the plunge, emailed one with my idea and poof, cover. I was expecting months of waiting. Okay, I'm going to have a drink now and go back to editing. Whoop, whoop. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're getting a bit low on level up, so I might do a call out on the Facebook group and try and get some fresh new ones in. Okay. Cool. <laughs> yeah, well done. Um, in terms of Patreon, no new patrons this week, uh, but for anyone that wants to get involved, that's over at patreon.com forward slash next level authors. And a reminder for patrons who aren't, well, <laughs> patrons get early access to these episodes, so they'll hear this. But I, if, if this is going out on the public feed, last night we did our Patreon live Q&A, May 10th. Um, so gathered with people for an hour. It was amazing. Like the questions were it awesome. Was amazing. Like, oh my God, like, I just I just can't even. I love everyone <laughs> so much. <laughs> it's a cool thing about recording in advance. Like it could yeah. be terrible. It won't be, but it could be. Um, it might be. It's never terrible. It's never terrible. And just following on for that, our level up challenge. So uh, you did a call out this week to check in and see how people are doing. And we've had loads of responses from people who are doing amazing things. So uh, we've had Carrie, we've had Laura, who's worried that she's going to be doing the cinnamon challenge. <laughs> um, <laughs> Rianne has finished Tournament of the Elite and is halfway through writing a novella for Project Keridin. Meg has built 1,000 people on a mailing list and is looking to build 5K by the end of the quarter. So that's very, very exciting. Uh, Yanni has written 21,000 of her new work in progress and yeah the list goes on we've had Maggie we've had Lynn we've had Kate we've had Ida we've had Luke we've had Jackie we've had Victoria we've had Renee we've had Al we've had Ember we've had Tracy we've had Nathan we have Holly I, I'll be honest I didn't realize how many there were until I started scrolling and we had Sam as well um, and a few more people so yeah keep going guys you're doing fantastic stuff I'm loving this yeah. challenge that was a lot of names. It was. And all of these people, if they complete the challenge, are in with the shot of winning prizes. It's not too late. If you do want to throw something on the original post and pledge what you're going to complete by the end of June, do get involved, like big or small. It's totally up to you. It's your, it's your challenge to complete. Uh, comments. 
how do you deal with negativity, rejection and bad reviews? Yeah, okay. So um, we had only a couple of comments this week. I haven't checked YouTube though, if I'll be honest. Uh, so Edwin said, uh, find the biggest rock I can hide under until the shakes have eased. The larger the rock, the bigger, the hungrier, the hung the bigger the hungry predator has to be to pull me off it. Pull it off me. Sorry, I don't know what is wrong with my eyesight this week. Um, I'm a people, I'm a people pleaser. And negative feedback can hit me hard, sometimes to the point I have to walk away until I've processed what it's done to me. Uh, the one thing I've gotten better with is, oh my God, I've just had an epiphany that I need oh. to share. Um, the one thing I've gotten better with is editorial feedback on the grounds I asked uh, for it. I searched for an editor I can trust and I know uh, I need the pressure to make my writing the best it can be. Ida says, in life, after I bitch and moan for a week, I just move on. I don't want to waste time. And I've always believe when one door closes, a window opens, karma and all. In writing, more or less the same. I pitched at an RWA event a couple of years ago and was rejected not by one, but by three people. One actually said my premise was not original enough. So then I said, fuck it, I'm not doing this a hundred times. I'll just self-publish it. If I want to publish, I have to keep moving forward. One or three people's opinions won't make me stop writing. I just have to go around it. So my epiphany that I just had uh, in the middle of that is me realizing that um, I must have subconsciously asked that question because of what I was trying to process. No. So obviously the question was, how do you deal with re negativity, rejection and bad reviews? And I think I that's why I've, that is why I have made the realization that obviously I've like lost all my confidence. Um, God yeah, bless this but, podcast. Yeah, like, I, d I mean, obviously that must, that must be the only reason I then I just obviously needed to intellect over it and like think about it after we'd talked about it. But mm -hmm. yeah, mind yeah. blown. One um, quick additional comment was from Laura on Patreon who says that she absolutely loved the episode. We are fabulous. Congratulations on your coaching, Dan. Sasha, I'm sorry you had to go through that. The internet is a wonderful and terrible place in equal measure. Not red smoke and bone, but I've seen the trailer, so I might have to give it a go after your line recommendation. Um, and then there's a fair bit to get through there, so I'm not going to read it all, but just, just know that you've been heard, Laura. Oh yeah, I saw that. I saw that come through an email. Mm -hmm. Beautiful question time. Uh -oh. So the question is, when you feel broken about your fiction. <laughs> <laughs> so my question springs from um, I was on the Wish I'd Known podcast last night with um, Jamie and Sarah, and one thing that I found really, really interesting was the questions that they asked. Is like it's nice when this happens because it feels like you as a person are you know coming to a point where your thoughts and opinions are whole and it was like the questions that I were asking there was a theme around the answers I was giving um and we kind of have touched on roughly this in episode 22 which was how does your author brand affect your success but one thing that I'm really curious about is how did you create your author brand because mm. you are the villain queen you are the rebel author and you have a very large group full of authors who buy into that idea of being a rebel and there is like i always love origin stories and i always love trying to work out what it is that helps people get from where they were to where they were because dwayne johnson wasn't always the rock he was just a guy at one point but now he's like this this figure and he represents much more than than what he is like so yeah i'm just curious in yours and, and how that started for you 
So I don't think you could have picked a better week to ask this question. Yes. Because I <laughs> listened to Simon Sinek's yes. uh, Start With Why. I saw. I love yeah. him. I love him. I forgot how much I love him. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if he has any other books, but I'm definitely going to look this week. Nice. Has he? Oh, yeah. I'm definitely going to binge uh, some of those. I've got a couple of audiobook credits, so that's mm. going to that's gonna happen this week. One of the things that he talks about in that book is like starting with why and i and i genuinely think that one of my life whys is that i don't know it's it's complicated but like i don't i genuinely feel like the underdog i have always been the underdog and the reason for that is because I've never fit inside anybody's box that they wanted me to fit into. And, and so my, I suppose one of my ethoses in life is to say, well, fuck the box. I don't need a box to stand on. I can, I can stand without the box or, or whatever. And like, even on, when I was recording the rebel author this morning, I was even surprised. I said, like, this is so ridiculous, but the one of the the rebel of the week was talking about how they were told they that you know because they had a reading um disability that they would never be able to read well and then i was you know they were saying that they hated being told what they had to read at school and so they like rebelled against it and i was like oh i literally never read a single book that i was told to read in school i just i don't know how i got the grades i got like genuinely i do not know but like i rebelled against it because i didn't want to be dictated to like and then i was like surprised that that was a thing that i did and i'm like the fuck of course you rebelled against it <laughs> and like the the only book i ever read uh was one that i got to do in the international baccalaureate because we got to choose the books that we read and i was like of course i then read the book but anyway one of my I think I have, I and and the, the, it's a great week to ask it, but also if I had another week to intellect on it, I might be able to verbalize it more precisely. But essentially I'm like, there's a few things that I believe deeply. Nobody, nobody has the power to tell you no, right? No mm -hmm. one. And if you, I genuinely believe that rules are for breaking except the ones that are, you know, logically don't, you know, don't kill other people, don't steal or whatever, you know. Don't touch an electric fence. Yeah, like I'm not talking about <laughs> obvious ones, but I'm talking about like, you know, rules that society puts on us or rules that, you know, bureaucratic institutions have created because that's the way that you do it. I, I genuinely in my core believe that that is bullshit and that and I embody that right and so and I am getting to the point but <laughs> I I feel like I live my why I feel like I live like like even the fact that I and this is not I didn't do this because I'm a rebel you know I just fell in love with Chloe but I married a woman you know like even that is Unex not unexpected but like that is not what society deems as you know yeah 2.4 yeah, 2 children or whatever mm -hmm. um so i don't 
how did I come up with my branding? I think that self-awareness is, is one of the things and I'm terrible at self-awareness. So some of it has come from other people telling me, other people pattern spotting, but also, what was the question? I feel like I'm, I, I'm close to being able to answer brand? it. How did I create my brand? Everything, I think by being everything that I am, I know, I know who I am and, and a process. And part of that is really difficult to accept and swallow. Sometimes I just wish that I could merge into a crowd because it don't, I don't always want to be on the outside of the box, but that is who I am. Like I'm always on the outside and on the periphery. I am never the person who is going to wear a twin set and pearls. I'm just not. I don't think you can go back either. No, you can't. Once you realize these things about yourself mm -hmm. and also like no disrespect to twin set and pearls, the world needs those people mm -hmm. as well. I'm just saying that that is not who I am. And, you know, like I do sometimes look longingly at people who fit better and people who fit better and wish that I could do that and I can't. And so because I can't, the only thing that is left is to embrace yourself because when you let that infiltrate every single aspect of you, of your work, of your business, I think that is how branding is built. So like even my office is purple. You know? <laughs> You've branded me purple, Sasha. I know, right. Like <laughs> my glasses, my hair, although my hair is looking a little pink today, but you know, my glasses, my hair, like I I wear rebel clothing. I if you know <laughs> if I don't I don't how do how did I create my branding? I think by, I, I genuinely think the only way to create branding that is easy to implement is to work out what your core value is. And my, and I still go back to this, my three core values are to be motivational to other people, but like whip cracking motivation because mm -hmm. that connects to rebellion as opposed to being a pat That's on the back. That's very clear. Yeah, like I'm not a pat on the back kind of person, no, but that's it. But they all merge, and like, and and I think in order to break the rules, you have to be knowledgeable. So, you know, I I want to be knowledgeable because I want to have ways around rules and restrictions that people put in place. So yeah, like those three: motivational, knowledgeable, and rebellious. Like those are the things that I believe more than anything else, and. And going back to that why, like one of the things that really shook me from that book was that the leaders of the organizations that were super successful all embodied that why. So like Steve Jobs was that they knew they knew why they were like and it was so funny because they were saying that oh you know apple is like a rebel company and it's always they always advertise like with individuals they don't advertise as a group and i was like i completely see why <laughs> i am like a hardened mac apple person as opposed to a pc person like um because they were saying in the book he was saying that pc is is like the every man mm -hmm. um you know and that's not what apple is apple is the rebellious and i was like oh everything makes sense now mm. but no you know, the disruptors the disruptors exactly yes and i love disruption mm -hmm. and um 
But he was saying like people um, in these successful companies, like their CEOs embody, they are the why, they live it, they breathe it. And if you don't have that anchor at the top of your organization, and that doesn't matter if we're talking about, you know, billion dollar corporate conglomerate, or we're talking about your one person solo entrepreneur company, you have to embody what you stand for. And when you embody that, and you live it and you breathe it and you allow it to permeate through everything, then you, then people who believe that people whose values mesh with yours, you know, pull together. And, and the one thing that he said, which meant more than anything above anything else was that it is not me that people are following, right? It's not yep. me. Nobody cares. Like everybody will forget Sasha. What they are following, it, no, 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 no. Yeah, I know. Okay. What they are, what they are following, is the symbol, mm -hmm. right? It's what I stand for. It's the fact that <clears throat> I stand for, you know, doing it your own way. Fucking fuck, fuck you to the big, you know, the bureaucracy. I, you know, it's that entrepreneurial spirit, the rebellion, the, the breaking out of what society says you have to do and embracing that thing that is inside of you that is beautiful and creative and powerful, right? That's what I stand for and, and that is what people follow. It's the symbol, it's the idea um, of rebellion and, and that is brandy and like sorry and i know i'm going on but just this is such a powerful question to ask this week just after i've read that book but um <laughs> if you so this is like a tangible tip right one go and read that book but two yeah. if you are struggling to work out what your branding is because branding is like this really big philosophical like it can be this really big philosophical like question Ask yourself what idea you stand for. What do you stand for? What is an idea that when you see it, you get chills or shivers or, you know, think about think about big ideas rather than like what color palette you need. Mm -hmm. Start with like values and ideas. But yeah. How about you? I don't I don't even know if I even answered the question. Well, before we go to me, one thing I do want to know is. When was, or do you still remember the first time that you used the Rebel Author Monica, whether that was like starting a Facebook group or, you know, on a book or when was the, the first time came you... first. The podcast was the, the birth of Rebel Author. Yep. Can you believe that? No, I would have thought it was earlier. No. So what came before that was villains. So I was the villain yes. queen before I was the Rebel Author. And so it was there. I think it was always there. It's just that I hadn't captured mm, that word yes um so it, the villain the purple the the rebellion so to speak the doing things like on the dark side in the shadows mm. that was always there so that would have been the facebook group when i first published yeah because that was got all updated and it, yeah. all the branding changed so yeah mm, interesting so does that i don't know if that yeah that yeah that no, works like in my head, I'm like, oh, there must have been a point in like 2017 where it was like penned on this thing. But like, well, like you, you could like, argue. It, it makes, yeah, go on. No, go on. It makes. No, it makes, it, it kind of like proves that point of one of the things I was going to get to, which is how it's a, an always developing thing. Like it's yeah. an amorphous idea that grows and takes on its own life. Um, and you might start off 
you know, standing for, or not standing for one thing, because that core value always stays the same, but um, presenting yourself in a certain way. But as you move, as you try and find the people that follow that idea, it does take on a form of its own and you can, you can iterate and change it over time. Yeah, the symbol has never changed. Yeah. Like, and the idea has never changed. It's just how I named it. And that's what, like, this is why I'm like, branding is a philosophical question. It is mm -hmm. not a wording or color or mm -hmm. image issue. Those are tactics for spreading your branding, right? Mm -hmm. Branding at its core is philosophy and it's your philosophy. And that is why it's so fucking hard to pin down because... Yeah. Philosophy, <laughs> philosophy is like oh. this huge thing. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so yeah. in terms, like if you want to ask me, like, where do I think it started? If I, if, I, if I put a finger on it, it is, it was the creation of Sasha Black because when I ah. created, yeah, there you go, right? So when I created my blog, I created it under a pen name with the sole purpose of rebelling against my Sasha's organization. Sasha's real name is Penelope. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Can I just point out my real name is not Penelope? Um, but yeah, and so that was 2012, 2013, mm. something like that. So I reckon that if you want me to pinpoint it, it would be there. Mm. Origin stories. Yeah. I feel like this episode should be what is your origin story, but it's not. It's definitely about branding. <laughs> um, no, like I, I love that you bring up Simon Sinek because that Start With Why is a book that I read in, I want to say 2016, 2017, um, after sort of falling in love with listening to him on different podcasts because he's such a communicator. Oh, someone my who God. can take such a complex idea and just make it relatable. Mm -hmm. And he self confesses he's the person that if he sat in a room of 12 professionals and he doesn't understand what they're talking about, he's the person to say, I don't get it that then enables the other 12 professionals to go, yeah, actually, I, I don't either, rather than fronting and trying to pretend that they do. Mm -hmm. um, and he, yeah, he's got two more, well, a few more books. He's got Leaders Eat Last, which, you know, I love that principle anyway. Um, and The Infinite Game, which is about, like, just this constantly rolling, um, like, there's, there's, there isn't an end game to business. It's constant development. It's constant change. And I, I love sort of that concept. Um, but, yeah, like, so I feel like I'm very much, I don't know. I'm, I don't feel like I've got, mm, I, I don't know where to go with this, um, which is annoying because I asked a question. So <laughs> I, over the last year or so, since particularly since starting this podcast, have really sorted to under, started to understand who I am, who, or like what the things are that fire me up. And what is really, really weird is that over the last few months since sort of diving into off services stuff and weirdly hearing myself on a podcast talking about certain things and thinking about my journey as to how I got here, there's a, there's a thread that ties it all together that I've just not been able to see. And I've been talking to a friend recently about like these different pinpoints in my life where I'm like, but I was always doing this no matter what form it was, no matter what industry it was like, and that was number one leadership and number two mindset. Like we had a conversation a few weeks ago about parkour. And for me, like while everyone was happy jumping and flipping and that for me, it was the process. It was the philosophy. It was the mindset of what parkour represented that I loved. Um, it was about continual improvements. It was about finding mentors and people that can help you reach that next level of stuff. And like, I, 
quite early on, I, I decided I didn't want to be the office bod that sits in like a corporate office nine to five. Mm. And then I ended up finding myself in that role. And again, I was talking to this friend and I was like, yeah, that was the only time I think in my life where I've just done the nine to five and, you know, we come home at the end of the day and not worried. And then I sat there and went, nope, that's bullshit. Because even, <laughs> even when I was in that job, I was busy with a friend trying to like run this crappy little media blog. I was running an Instagram profile and I'm going to be fully transparent here. Like it was when Pokemon X and Y came out and I ran an Instagram profile that collected like 2000 followers for people that used to like just look at pictures of my Pokemon. And I used to run competitions and I'd have people submitting art pieces. And then I started like working on podcasts and, and writing. And there was always something I've always wanted to take in as much of life as possible. And the only barrier that ever stood between that was me and my mindset. So, you know, even when I had a kid, even when I was in my previous relationship, um, which obviously would, would well, we, I think we could admit that it wouldn't have ended well if, if it was still going on. Um, terrible way of putting that. But like there were so many sort of different blocks and hurdles and so much of my time was, OK, how do I milk more out of the time that I do have? How do I see this differently? What processes can I put in place, whether that's sleep, food, nutrition, exercise, audiobooks like how can I capitalize on things just to maximize what I'm doing um like in my final year of uni I was head of the parkour society I was on the martial arts society I was on the cheerleading society I was working three jobs I was doing like the university stuff but like, yeah hang on. just stop you were a cheerleader oh have I never said this no yeah yeah I was um I was on the Lincoln Jets for two years <laughs> I love this there you go like there's generally um there's videos of our competitions on youtube if people ever want to check that out wow but yeah no they um they grouped in because it was mostly women um and then they grouped in a load of the free runners because we could do the flips and the tricks and things so they were literally like you don't have to do that much dancing just help us lift people and do some flips so i was like yeah i'm i'm going for that so yeah we toured we did like birmingham competitions loughborough like we we won a couple of competitions like you need fun. to send me some videos okay i'll see if i can do one out um but the <laughs> point is like i've always not always in my first year of uni um i basically just sat and played video games most of the day outside of university occasionally got drunk like that that was that was it so i look at like where i went from there to my third year and kind of the journey that goes on from from then then obviously I left my full-time job. I went into full-time authorship. And for the first year, I was just ghostwriting. I was, it was just me. I was in an office by myself. Um, I ran the right writer share as well. Um, but I had those two things and that was pretty much it. And I feel like, and I might've said this before, that that was a good break for me because after all of the like the mental stuff of like coming out of a relationship, moving house, like leaving a job that I'd been in for five years that was like crazy busy, it was nice just to be by myself and to do that stuff again. And then November last year, I ran the Nano Nano Rimo bootcamp and took on that leadership role again. And since then, that's kind of begun to grow. My offer services have, have sprung. Like I've been coaching people. I'm looking at other things I can do. Um, and now I think I'm beginning to find that leadership side again that kind of like wanting to help people improve and taking the stuff that I've learned and, and helping that be a thing and I know over the last year or so I've, I've definitely started to gain a bit of a reputation as like the productivity guy which is why I'm working on like the productivity book and things and I do get a lot done um but it's really weird to try and 
like I don't think I've ever formalized it in a way that you did where you're like these are my three values I've never formalized it in that way it's just been a case of this is who I am and in being on this podcast last night the thread that tied everything together was number one transparency and number two the minute I started just being me was the minute that things started to spring and grow and like stuff started to happen because I mean I've done it myself where you you see someone's advert or you hear about this person who can offer like you know newsletter subscribers or ways to make it on YouTube and you go on their website and it's so slick and professional and like it's like almost corporate in a way or even sort of the opposite but then when you see them in person they're not how they represent themselves Mm. and it's so jarring an experience because you're like but I wanted that guy and so everything that I've done over the past few months has been or every good thing that's happened over the past like few months has been because I've just let it go and just gone okay this is me like when I started and I come back to story a lot when I started the story studio podcast with Luke in like 2016 it was me fronting it was me going this is what an author should be like um even when we started this podcast there was an element of me trying to play that character because i was starting a podcast with sasha black and for me that was like a really like weird hurdle to get over and over time like how this podcast represents itself like i think at the beginning we were much more strict we were much more like trying to be professional and like over over the year that it's been running we've let ourselves go more and i think people connect much more with like the real and i i preach transparency constantly and now that started to work its way a bit more into my brand and just just I was listening to a podcast last week and there were two things that stuck out that like I was I was in my car and I literally started like shouting and I went like yes 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 and number one because I've not like I've thought of it this way for a while but I've not heard other people put it this way as well and there's a big emphasis at the minute on like oh I have to sort out my personal brand what is my personal brand what is my personal brand your personal brand is just your reputation it's what when people think of you what do they think so like like you say it's not the colors it's not the text it's who are you it's the idea it's what do you stand for it's like your values it's what people see when they look at you and think i want i want to be a part of that idea that community because it's going to help improve my life in this way and the colors and everything else, like you say, their tactics is part of it. And I've definitely worked on mine a lot over the last year in terms of formalizing visually the things that I do. Um, but it's just reputation. Like that's all we used to call it like years and years ago. Do you want to chime in? Mm, do you want to know the three words I think of when I think of you? Uh, not really. <laughs> Go on. No, no, because you've already said some of them. So productivity, mm-hmm. like or more to the point, ferocious productivity is probably what I should say. Mindset and individualization. Like those are the three words that I think of when I think of you. Okay, there we go. It's just formed live on air. Um, no, because I, but I, what I was going to say to you is you should ask boot campers mm. and you should ask them before this goes out so that they are unbiased to anything that we've said. Yeah. So see if you can do that in the next couple of days before this goes live. Because okay. I think you will be surprised at what they might say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a good idea. Um, and the second thing that came to that podcast that really, really resonated with me was, um, it was a line that, so this guy was, he's uh, Rory Vaden, who's a CEO of some company and does like lots of TED Talks and stuff. And he was talking about personal brand. And he, so <laughs> he literally said, you are always most powerfully positioned to help the person you once were. 
Oh my actual God. <gasps> you are always most powerfully positioned to help the person you once were, right? That wow. I was shouting in my car. Yeah, I don't, wow. Because that's, it's literally all I've been talking about of like, I write my nonfiction for me. Like I'm answering the questions of the guy I was five years ago. Mm -hmm. Like with fiction, I'm writing the things that like I want to read. Like it's always about, it's always about me. And when it comes to those author services. It's always about me. <laughs> Sorry. No, it is. <laughs> no, like, no, I know. Yeah. But when it comes to the stuff that I'm offering, like the coaching and the writing groups and all that kind of stuff, it's like stuff that would have helped 2015 Dan to get to where he wants to get. And to know that the people that are coming into that group are almost avatars of who you are. And so you, you know the steps to help them subconsciously. Although individualization, everyone is different and they take different things from it. But like the core principle being like, that is who I'm doing it for. So if you're ever like, I don't know if I'm experienced enough. I don't know if I'm confident enough to do this. Like, just think of who you were three, four, five, like 10, 20 years ago. Are you now in a position where that person back then could look up to you and say, I need help with this. And you can go, yes. But yeah, that, yeah, that hit me hard. I feel a bit rocked mm. by that last one, I have to so, say. To answer the question that I asked, <laughs> I think I'm still very much, I think it's been starting to build around me anyway, just by being me. And like I said in that podcast last night, everything good that happened started once I sort of shed away pretending to be whatever and just being honest. Like, yeah, the fact that at the minute I'm living with my parents to save up money to buy a house, like, is something that probably a lot of people wouldn't admit because it seems like a step, a weird like step backwards. Yeah, but for me, it's not. It's like a massive step forwards. Yeah, and admitting like at the top of the show, me admitting I've lost all my confidence yeah. with fiction. Like, like me admitting I was a cheerleader. Like that's, <laughs> <laughs> which is literally the best piece of information I've heard. I'll find you a video. Um, yeah, please do. But well, yeah, see, this is why I keep saying you should be my gay best friend. This is the, oh, the relationship totally. dynamics are completely around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I think I'm very much um, starting now to formalize what those ideas are, what they are that I'm trying to bring together and just recognize the stuff that I do bring to the table. And isn't it wonderful that we can show others that you don't have to have all this shit pinned down mm. you can just start and you can just be Please you do. yeah and in starting and by being you you will evolve mm -hmm. and it will evolve and if you need guidance or if you need uh you know you want more structure to it then I think some of the key powerful things that we've said today are like when you said um, you realised there was a thread. Yes. And I think that is one of the Which you can only see things. once you've done the things. I know. I know. Which is annoying because I know there like there'll be people sitting there being like, I really want to start my, for example, like author website. Or I really want to just like launch an Instagram profile, but I don't know how to do it. Just start. Just do it. Because as you go through, you start to tick off the things you don't like and you start to tick the things that you do and yeah. you start walking that path and i don't think like no one ever nails it first time like no like you like i genuinely expect expected rebel author to have been like the whole like brand position of what rebel author the wording is to be much much earlier than that but like it's a perfect example you started off just writing the book about villains and then because I started off rebelling no yeah. no what I did well, yeah. was I started off rebelling and in that rebellion I then 
picked out things that were re rebellious, like mm -hmm. villains, and I published a fucking book going against everything that anyone ever tells you in writing craft, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and, and embodied the fact that villains are the most important character and like even and that's what i mean about pattern spotting what you need to do is go back through your life and pattern spot yes. because <laughs> like the patterns are there you just need to look for them mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah and just this was a powerful yeah. question like we need to round it up because we we i think this is over an hour long already <laughs> um, yeah. but yeah like i i am i am this is powerful. This is a powerful one. Mm. Even if nobody else gets anything out of this, yeah. I feel like we've had a powerful conversation. So Don't be scared I to hope, start. Don't be I scared to change. Like yeah, we're we're on episode 58. And if you go back to episode one or two of this, I'm like, we're both different people. Yeah. I also but, think part of that is about our growing friendship, though, and mm. us knowing more about each other and being more relaxed with each other. Yeah. Mm. So find your gay BFF. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so the question we're asking you guys this week is uh, how, how to phrase this. Um, no, stop. Don't ask the question that we've asked. Ask mm. them about uh, like their thread or their values or their idea. Like yeah, what, what are your core three they, values? Yeah, or, or yeah, what idea do they symbolise or something what along those lines. What do you lines. stand for? Three words. Of you've got to stand for everything. Or you've got to stand. I don't know. Did we ask that in the last in the, when we did about the branding before? Is that what we asked? No, the last um, question was dum -ba -dum -ba -dum -bum, just how does your author brand affect your success? Okay. So yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> as always, work it out in post. Yeah. Um, how uh, how are we leveling up our author business? Right. Well, you go first. So I am very, very close to being in the position to start promoting self-publishing blueprint. So I'm going to start pushing that next week um, with or without the pages gliding. I've got methods to make that happen. Um, and I'm also going to look ahead on the calendar for when my next week off is going to be. Mm -hmm. Because I want to ensure that I've always got something to pin some time off on. I am going to try again with the audio. <laughs> sorry <laughs> I'm still better mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to try again with the audio and oh oh I am going to start reading keepers mm, I'm going to add um, I'm going to finish CPing your book oh cool yeah I'm going to so one of the thing, one of the excuses I keep making up is that I can't remember what my books are about. <laughs> so I need to go back and read Keepers and Victor before I start editing Trey. And I want to edit, want to start editing Trey next week, which means I really need to read the books. So uh, I'm going to, I'm not going to say I'm going to have read the whole thing just in case I can't for whatever reason, mm -hmm. but I want to have started reading, reading the book. So yeah, those are my two things. Beautiful. And to our patrons, again, last night was amazing. Like, thank you all <laughs> for coming. It was absolutely wicked. You um, guys are awesome. Yeah. And we will see you guys next week. Bye. 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 Hungry for more? If you enjoyed this podcast, you can hear more of my angelic accent and Dan's dulcet tones on our other podcasts. For more of me, check out the Great Writer Share podcast. For more of me, listen to the Rebel Author Podcast.
We'll be back next week holding each other to account as Dan and Sasha become Next Level Authors. I'm just so impressed with my nails. Like, they are fantabulous. I did them myself. I like... You can tell. (laughs) 